This is the Dennis Miller Option. Your source of opinions, stories, and laughs from comedian and inactivist Dennis Miller, his guy Friday Christian Blatt, and superstar producer Lindsay Floyd. And now, it's him, Dennis Miller. Hey, folks. Welcome to the Dennis Miller Option podcast. I just uh, signed up with Spotify yesterday for $100. <laughs> That's good, buddy. That's great. Yeah. Well, listen, I can get a million multiplier. Now it'll be Rogan money. <laughs> oh, look at this. I just got to save the date card from Governor Newsom on uh, next year's quarantines. Looks like we're looking at April 7th. Good. I'm hoping uh, Los Angeles and San Francisco find it in their hearts to become sanctuary cities for actual American citizens who merely want to go outside without a mask on. I must have done that joke before. That would have got a laugh from Christian. Have I done that? Yeah, we. Uh, okay, well, that's okay. We uh, workshopped it a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you sass me? You sitting there in your Tony Fauci cubic triangle thong. <laughs> to be fair, I do like the joke. I just, uh, you know, I'm just tired of laughing. You just did it. Yeah. All right. I didn't know. I'm trying these out for Hannity. Sean will like that one. Have I done this one? We're doing the uh, the Hannity thing is really paying dividends. We've now got some production money, and we're actually doing the podcast this week out of uh, Dr. Fauci's home studio, which we got for the entire Memorial Day weekend for three hundred and eighty bucks. And I've done that too, I guess. No, no, no. I, I... Oh, that was just not a good joke. No, no, no. It's uh, a little shaky when you see Fauci's keeping the uh, recipe for the Rona vaccine in a peachy folder on a cinder block shelving. <laughs> <laughs> you remember when we, uh, you and I, shared a dude ranch cabin with uh, Jonas Falk? Sure. Or Jonas Falk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jonas Falk was his brother who had the floaty eyeball. Um, yeah. So you're saying... <laughs> One more that, thing. Uh, polio. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, AOC has an outstanding tax bill of 2,088, which is so ironic because political theoreticians estimate uh, that that's the next year that somebody this stupid will seize power in America. <laughs> She actually has a really predictable moron orbit path. It's sort of like a dim Halley's Comet going across the night sky. Hey, never take an IOU from AOC or you'll be a Soto. <laughs> I'm not kidding you, Sean. I'm not kidding you. I don't make him laugh. Biden giving a speech. You know, usually geese honk, but I swear to God that goose was laughing its pate off. Did you hear it in the background? <laughs> It wasn't even a regular honk. I was like, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm the one getting shot at. <laughs> <laughs> Biden calling the president, President Tweety now, which isn't so surprising. He thinks, I believe he calls Alex Azar Speedy Gonzalez. And uh, <laughs> I, I'm hearing from my sources on the ground that 
Biden thinks he sees a putty test 10, 15 times a day now. I don't think he should be present. I don't think he should walk Pompeo's dog. He'd come back dragging <laughs> a leash with an empty collar saying, Binky went night night. <laughs> yeah, Zippy the Plughead is that truly unique species, the placeholder with absolutely no idea whatsoever where he's at. Time for Jill. And his son, Hunter, gather her to get him back into the bouncy house before he dings his melon again. <laughs> Shawnee. All right, there's my set. Can I make one suggestion? Yeah, sure. When, when do you think I do it here? Instead of the uh, the night-night, I would use a funny word for poopy. No, no, but the, the key is he comes back with an empty collar. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it has to be that he somehow got off the leash. I was trying to... <laughs> Maybe I should have Pompeo say, where's Binky? Binky went night-night. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so I should have had Pompeo sitting there astounded. Yeah. Where's Binky? <laughs> All right. See, that's why I do it here. I love it. And I'll still tune into Hannity tonight, even though I heard it all just now. All righty, folks. What are we going to do here? If you didn't watch Hannity last night tonight... Do they have any other jokes? Uh, I see where smokers are having good results with the corona. Time for airlines to bring back the smoking section. Uh, impression of Chuck Todd doing Shakespeare to beat. <laughs> what oh. the? <laughs> Getting Tommy John surgery later this week because I've elbow high five too many people. <laughs> Did I do croup d'etat? I don't think so, no. Using this cough to take over the country, it's croup d'etat. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> do you? Yes. How long before there's a Corona Kent State sort of thing? Oh, boy. You know it's happening. I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. Yeah, you know somebody's not going to break out but a nail salon or something, and Marjo Gortner from Earthquake's going to light somebody up with an AK. <laughs> yeah, the references are old. Get used to it. I'm not getting any younger. I'm just excited for the Neil Young song we'll get after that, though. Oh, man, take a look at my mask. It's a lot like yours. <laughs> I need someone to burp me. Yeah, that's Biden. Just... <laughs> Maybe I'll write that down. Biden singing Neil Young. Oh, man, take a look at my mask. It's a lot like yours. I need someone to burp me. Is there any way to work that in, Chris? Well, you have to, you'll have to take something out to get the whole... Or should you just go, you know, just blurt it out? Yeah, well, you could just do that. Hey, Sean, here's my impression of Biden doing new here. Oh, man, take a look at my mask. It's a lot like yours. I need someone to burp me. Uh, I like just dropping it in. I need someone to burp me because Jill's making s'mores. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what we call making magic. I might throw that in. What are we doing today, Christian? Uh, a little later, we're going to chat with comedian Dave Landau. He is Anthony Kumia's co-host who uh, made you laugh when he was on the show. And uh, he reached out to me and said that he'd love to come on. So I said... Yes. Well, do you mean he called you, or what, what do you mean when you say that? Like a hand came in from offset or something? And I got an email. 
Um, as I've said before, folks, if you were planning a hands across America thing to defeat any cause, right? This is not the time in history to do it. Nobody's going to show. Um, hands across America to uh, to defeat coronavirus, right? <laughs> I think it's an interesting take. Yeah, it's an angle. Yeah. I don't see anybody else that's taking that. All right, let's uh, let's hit some news topics here. Let's hit them hard. Let's hit them fast. Let's move on. We're getting told that uh, maybe 4th of July, LA is going to be open for business. Do you believe it? Oh, really? Yeah. Jeez. Imagine the irony if they finally open it and you lose an eye with a cherry bomb incident. You know that's going to happen. <laughs> First day out, you go cycloptic from somebody throwing an M80 in the shitter, you know, down at the Whataburger. <laughs> There's human existence, folks. It's constantly fraught. If the Ronin's not going to get you, somebody's going to roll, or, you know, you'll go to spell your name with a sparkler, and uh, the sparkler will burn all the way down because your name's Horatio, and... Uh, the little metal wicking will get super hot and you'll drop it and pull your hand back reflexively and smack somebody you don't know in the park and they'll take you to small claims court and we're trying to figure all this out. That's how the whole fecal storm comes down on you. You can't see life coming. And I know there are people out there, I know there's half of you who think that Biden could make this all right. I'm not seeing it. You know, when people talk about... Uh, how polarized the country is i'm just saying i don't i don't i i think they have to maybe they won't admit to it half the country right now thinks that joe biden is great and they can uh, elect him and he'll fix all this now i know a lot of people out there will say oh i didn't say that no no half the people are excited he's going to win the state of california I think by a huge amount, probably, right? California loves Biden. They see themselves in him. And what can I say? I don't feel like I'm being that uh, uh, contrary when I say, I just don't see it, folks. Whatever you see, I don't see it. I know you can hate me. I know you can wish me dead and all that stuff on the Internet. But I'm telling you, if you're looking at Biden and you think, thank God he's arrived, he'll fix it. We are different. We should figure out a way to split. But I guess they uh, see it. Uh, Christian, you ever talked to somebody who's all j jacked about that? Uh, honestly, no. I would say, you know, the, the most diehard liberal people that I know, they're all like, well, Biden's who's left. You know, they were maybe Elizabeth Warren. Oh, no. Rob Reiner? Did you ever hear Rob Reiner talk about Biden? Uh, fortunately, no. Or write about him? <laughs> no, I didn't realize that he was such a fanboy. Oh, no. He thinks he's the man. So I, I don't know. <laughs> Does it make me a bad person? I just disagree on that. I don't know what Reiner's uh, seeing there. But he is Meathead. Let's not forget that. Well, he's a brilliant man. I mean, he played a character named Meathead, but he's obviously, he'll tell you, I guess, I'm brilliant. You don't see the things I do. I don't. I have no problem being <laughs> stupider than all these people out there like Behar and Reiner. I, I, I'm always shocked they don't concede. I'm conceding that you're brilliant. I don't know why you can't concede that we can't keep up with you. People like me, people like Christian, people like Lindsay. You know, it's always like not only do they uh, chide us for being idiotic, they don't even have any compassion for us. You were blessed. You have a layer of understanding that we don't have. 
You don't have to circle back around and throw us a life jacket or anything like that, but certainly you don't have to pop us the bird as you head off into the horizon line. Understand that not everybody's as sharp as you are. You know, I, I, I knew Joy for years. She was always a, a nice person. But I, I, do, I do get indignant when I think, uh, when I see her, you know, being professorial and think she really thinks I should be as smart as her. And I, I don't, you know, I, I don't like the fact that she has no compassion and she, I don't think she wears her brilliance as well as she could. Biden says it's totally irresponsible for Trump to take hydroxychloroquine. I'm not even sure Trump is. I, I don't usually agree with Joe Scarborough, but certainly he likes to wind people up. That's an easy one, right? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't wasn't particularly convincing. He's like, you know, he's talking about, you know, all the people are taking. He's like, I'm, uh, I'm taking it too. No, no, really. I'm definitely taking it, guys. But I don't mind him saying it because guess what? I, I'm telling you, folks, if you're listening at home, if you are once again as brilliant as Behar and Reiner and people like that, and you're running 104 fever, and you can't get out that night. There's nobody to take you. There's nobody at home. You don't want to go into a crowded place. You don't want to infect other people. You don't want to get infected. And you were on vacation somewhere in the last year, and they gave you the anti-malarial. And you, like many people, have a Z-pack that you kind of, you know, put up where you put the eggs in your fridge just in case. And you have some zinc that you bought by the kilo out of Costco. You can lay there and think, I shouldn't take these because Trump said so. Or you should take them. I, I, I think you should take them. Uh, there's no sense dying to prove your point if you can't get right to a doctor. But that's me. Once again, uh, we're stooges. I, I wish we had the impulse to think, should I go down the hall and get that medicine I took on vacation and take it? No. That's the last thing I should do. I just don't get it. Well, I mean, Neil Cavuto said I shouldn't take it, so I guess I won't. Once again. I don't sense that Neil ever thinks, uh, well, God bless these people. They don't, uh, I haven't, they don't, you know, I, I have the insight, the acumen, the wisdom, and they don't. Uh, that, that's the thing that bothers me. There's no, what would I call it, an intellectual noblesse oblige on their, on their behalf. Uh, cut us a little slack, all right? We're fully conceding we're not up to speed like you are. And uh, we know that the last thing you should do if you're alone with a fever over 103 and you can't get to a doctor and you have some vacation medicine in the medicine chest and some zinc that you've been taking. And maybe, I don't know, I think a lot of people take zinc every day for years. Maybe um, there's some angle I don't see, a Beharian angle or a Cavutian angle, where you're supposed to stop taking the zinc now because that's also dangerous. And a Z-Pack, um, I've had one. Uh, I've had many over my life, probably around 10. I try not to take too many antibiotics. And I must tell you, this is just my experience. When I took the Zithromax pack, you take two the first day, and then in four or more days, you take one, pop them out in a little plastic thing. You ever had that, Christian? Yeah, probably every couple of years I need one. Yeah. Did you, I never felt near death. I honest to God didn't. I'm not being a smart ass. I did not feel like it was going to kill me. But if this is the times we live in, if you have those three components in your house and the option is to not get out and uh, possibly, uh, I don't find much uh, vigorous in dying to prove a political point, but uh, Pelosi, I thought Pelosi actually drew a little, uh, you know, Trump is a big boy now. And, <laughs> he is. Uh, you know, he walks into <laughs> the room and is like, Doc Bruce Banner. 
belted by gamma rays. He's not at his fighting weight, let's just say that. Yeah. So she actually drew a little blood from him with the... Uh, he's morbidly obese. But I love what Tucker Carlson said last night. Did you see that? I didn't see what Tucker said. No. said people who live in glass faces should not throw stones. <gasps> That's nice, Sammy. <laughs> That's so good. That's nice work. Oh, man. <laughs> Listen, Trump hates Pelosi. Pelosi hates Trump. And once again, it comes down to half the country thinks that Pelosi's... Brilliant. I, I honestly got before Trump years ago, I, I, I looked at Pelosi and I, I once again, I, I have to, well, I won't do that again. That's it gets a little agitating, but um, I don't see her as brilliant. She might be, uh, I think she's a mean person, uh, brutal in those rooms when the door shut. I think if you were a young House of Representatives member on the Democratic side and you got in there, she would cut you to the quick. And if you didn't play ball, she'd ruin you. So if that's what's passing for brilliant these days, sure. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, I saw uh, Tarkamata win the National Spelling Bee once, too. So he was another fucking genius. But um, they think Pelosi's brilliant. I'm sure if they could, they'd rather have her running than Biden. And uh, I don't know, what is the line of ascension if the president's brain dead? <laughs> But it's just, uh, I, I don't think Jack Kennedy was more brain dead than Biden was when he got shot. <laughs> Sorry, I'm saying three Hail Marys and two our fathers for saying that. <laughs> JFK in Dallas was not as brain dead. Is it bad to write that down? Where are you going to tell that joke? Well, I would say the, the next time you're... Um... Next time you're on with somebody like Anthony Cormier, uh, you know, uh, there's there's a few places you can get away. Uh, would, it, would the joke be uh, JFK on the far side of Dealey Plaza was not as brain dead as Joe Biden? Yes. <laughs> the far side. Far side. That's definitely it. <laughs> that's the amplifier. That's your that's your humor amplifier. That's not uh, that's not for Sean. No. Can you imagine? Maybe your new pal Tony Bruno would like that one. Oh, my. This episode is brought to you by Magic Spoon. Growing up, cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid, but I had to give it up because I realized it was full of sugar, junk, that you really shouldn't eat. Sad day. Like finding out Santa is not real. And if he is, he's fat because of the sugar cereal. I've been trying to cut down on carbs, sugar, and healthy food, and I realize basically I can't eat anything anymore at all. <laughs> now, I think breakfast is a big meal because, you know, there are times I don't even eat during the middle of the day, and then at night I uh, have dinner early in the evening, and then I pretend I don't sneak down late at night to suck down an entire pint of hagen dust. Other than that, though, trying to eat well. Why do I like Magic Spoon? Let me tell you. Zero sugar, 12 grams of protein, only three net grams of carbs in each serving. Four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. Tastes amazing. Honestly, too good to be true. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. Quite a curriculum vitae. My favorite magic spoon flavor? Well, it depends what day you get me each week. 
Right now, I just had the blueberry, so I'm digging that. Catch me at the right time, though. It could be cocoa. It can be fruity. It can be frosted. But today, beeberry. Go to magicspoon.com slash Miller to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code Miller at checkout to get free shipping. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, backed by a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you just don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money and they won't ask questions. That's magicspoon.com slash Miller and use code Miller for free shipping. We thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring this podcast. Um, I agree. Here's another news story that I, I agree when Biden said that uh, I don't get Trump Jr. calling him a pedophile. I haven't heard anything insinuated like that. So that was a stupid play. Well, it was just a it was just a weak meme. It was the see you later alligator and a wild pedophile. It was like, so that was it. So he doesn't even believe it either. I, I don't think so. I think he's no. just uh, happy when he gets in the news. You know, Jr. I'm talking about. Imagine the... Uh, the hatred that's built up in the Trump family for the media and, you know, the other side after the 1,200 days they've had or 1,100 days they've had. It's pretty unrelenting. And it is true that so many of them wish Trump dead. And uh, so I guess once in a while, even, uh, you know, Trump's kid just says, screw it, I'll put this up. Joe Biden gives the president the new nickname, President Tweety. You think? Uh, what do you think of that joke I had uh, er, earlier, Christian? I said, "Oh, come on, for God's sakes!" He he calls uh, HHS Secretary Alex Azar Speedy Gonzalez. I, my sources in the ground tell me that uh, he thinks he sees a putty tat ten, fifteen times a day. <laughs> I like all right. I like all your Warner Brothers character stuff. It's my favorite. Trump won't unveil Obama's official White House portrait. I don't mean, I don't understand that. What is that? Well, every, uh, each, you know, whatever, each administration at some point when in their first term, they unveil the official portrait for the previous president. And uh, my understanding is that it's done, but he's not interested in doing the big event. But he also might be busy right now, you know, the president, I mean. Mm-hmm. Well, he should listen. <clears throat> Unlike Obama, this whole thing where we could work, folks. You know how they hate. You know how you know they all hate each other. Whenever you hear somebody prefical note of my esteemed colleague, I mean, come on, I, I, that, that's a silly game that's been concocted in Washington D.C. over the last couple hundred years. When you're going to disembowel somebody, you preface it by saying my esteemed colleague, and then you can disembowel. That's all some goofy nicety. Uh, I, I like it. They, they all hate each other. And so, I don't know. They hated George Bush 43 to the same degree that they hate Trump. It was all the same initial round of stuff. It's just he never fought back, but he got the same heat Trump did. Trump just takes it one more round. It, it's like bit a note on, uh, you know, uh, the, the music should name that tune or something. He just takes it out one one length. But they hated Bush just as much. I heard the same things. Hitler, there were plays about the assassination of George W. Bush. So this whole thing, that uh, this is the first time we've ever... God, I hear God. They were, they, didn't they work up a hate for Romney? No, I, I, listen, my my uh, respect for Romney's fallen off a cliff. I, find, I, I had no idea. I actually knew him in a very cursory sense, but 
I thought he was a good man. Might be a good man in many ways, but uh, I had no idea the degree of vanity. And uh, I also, you know, truly, uh, I find men who are at, e at peace are completely imperturbable with the slings and arrows of what they deem to be lesser lights. And if he thinks Trump is a lesser light, I'm surprised that Trump got that far into his kitchen. Because, man, he couldn't be any further into uh, Romney's kitchen if he were uh, Shirley Booth making brownies for Bobby Buntrock on the weekend. I don't even know what that means. I think it's a hazel joke, but like I said. You know it, Mr. B. I'm Bangladesh and India brace for Amphan, uh, the biggest cyclone in 20 years. I just went to India for the first time last year, and I found it. So heartbreaking, man. I can't believe that they also get storms like this. But I do remember I was in Japan last year, and I was supposed to spend three days in Tokyo, and I had to blow early and go to China because um, the biggest typhoon in 50 years was hitting. So this might all, maybe, maybe you know, Pat Kingsley's got an office over in India and China or something, because every, every year, Japan, it's the biggest cyclone. So I'm not sure this isn't hyped. Well, I thought that you headed to China early because you wanted to make sure you got to one of the Chinese mainland McDonald's while it was still McPangolin season, because I know that's only a limited <laughs> item. <laughs> uh, reminds me, I have to call my pangolin purveyor, Mr. Wu. You remember last time I told you you had that half-ass idea that the pangolins, uh, listen, it's not a hot season for pangolin. Let's just say there are some no. outside considerations. <laughs> So he had uh, anteaters, and he was taping artichoke leaves on them. <laughs> Simupangolin, I told him. Synthetic sarnan. Kids today, they, they've got their faults, but they want authentic fabrics. And, uh... Well, somebody who likes a nice pangolin run is uh, our friend comedian Dave Landau, who I'm told is joined with us now. Hello. Davey, what's shaking? Hey, how are you, Dennis? Good. I was just talking about how the virus has completely fucked up my uh, my pangolin clothing line for the fall. <laughs> we were going to break it out in Milan. I got a call from my pangolin purveyor, Mr. Wu, in Wu-Tang province, and he told me that uh, he can't get good pangolins, so what he's doing is taking anteaters and crazy gling artichoke leaves to them, and it's sort of a rayon thing. I said, that's not going to play. The kids want authentic over here. So that's my life. There you go. I think uh, as long as the animal dies is really what's the concern. All right. There you go. That's... <laughs> Look for the union label. <laughs> <laughs> Joining us now, comedian Dave Landau. I, I can't believe I laid that in front of him, and he came up with a darker rejoinder than the actual piece. He's the co-host of the Anthony Cumia Show, Mondays through Thursdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, at compoundmedia.com. He's on Twitter at Landau Dave, L-A-N-D-A-U Dave. And I did Anthony's show with him. And uh, Anthony was very nice to me, cool, but there's some guy in the sidecar, Batmite, who's just sardonic in his ass. I go, who's that cat? And uh, glad to have it come full circle and have him on here because he was killing me. How are you, brother? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Doing pretty good. Just quarantined and doing radio. Well, Biden's in the basement more frequently than the senator's daughter in Silence of the Lambs. What are you and Anthony doing out there on the island? <laughs> uh, I just stay at his house right now, which is good. I, I'm normally in Harlem, and I'm not really missing it. 
What, what do you live near Sylvia's? What's the Harlem thing, man? How long you lived in Harlem? I've lived there for about two years, ever since I moved here to start doing the show. So I split the time between uh, Detroit, where I'm uh, born and raised, and then I come to New York and do radio, and then I tour as a comic. The uh, Motor City, uh, Isaiah not coming off good in the... <laughs> no. Did you watch the last dance? I did. I, I immediately bought a Bad Boys hat just so I could kind of stand up for our side, but I was like, wow, we were terrible people. Yeah, uh, it was, you know, you didn't see Mahorn or Lambeer show up to kiss the ring, but Isaiah's sitting there twitching away. He's like Diane Arbus or something. He's still got open <laughs> wounds from the, the All-Star game. Yeah, he's still holding on to it all these years later. <laughs> Jesus, it was brutal. I, I love the mailman and cats like that. They, yeah, I'm not showing up to talk about the guy. He beat my ass, but uh, I guess Isaiah had the... Uh, a couple on him, so he felt he could show up because he had some bona fides, but he did not come off well in that. Plus, you you open the whole can of worms. Uh, Dave, we're talking to comedian Dave Landa. Dave, we live in times where you, you just want to lay low when it's over. I, I don't think he needed to become a meme again. <laughs> no, I think that was a bad, a bad call, especially when he makes Dennis Rodman look like the better person on the team. <laughs> I know. Rodman. Look like Buckminster Fuller compared to him. <laughs> Dreams. We all have them. The small ones are easy to talk about. The big ones, the ones we really want, not so much. It's like if we say them out loud, they have no chance of coming true. Well, I say when it comes to your future dream, big, 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 bigger. The bigger, the better. And the dream of a better tomorrow starts with a degree from Ashford University. Ashford University's online bachelor's and master's degree programs allow you to learn on a convenient and flexible schedule. At Ashford, expert faculty teaches you real-world skills from real-world experience in online classes built for life's twists and turns. You can learn from home or wherever you feel comfortable. You can pursue a degree in one of Ashford's 60-plus programs like business administration, healthcare administration, and psychology with 24-7 access to your classroom, daily support, and financial aid available. Ashford gives you the tools you need to help make your dreams a reality. If you're sitting there stuck today, get unstuck. Dare to dream big. Your tomorrow starts today at Ashford University. There's no fee to apply or standardized testing required to enroll. Go to ashford.edu slash Miller. That's ashford.edu slash Miller. Ashford.edu slash Miller. Not all programs are available in all states. Now, Davey, I, I'm looking at your CV here. I've only brushed up against you in a comedic sense, and I thought found you so funny. But now that I see your personal story, it looks like 10 years in recovery. Yeah, 10 years. I was uh, I was arrested 13 times, a uh, baker's dozen. I was only charged uh, <laughs> seven because I'm white, so that was good. <laughs> that's the ratio? <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's the, the white privilege ratio for yes. someone like me. I, uh, if, if not, I would still be in prison getting drilled like a, a fracking town. <laughs> and I'm telling you, a blue flame come up through the spigot. 
That's always that fracking story. That happened once. Yes, Love I Canal, know. years ago. Every story you hear now, it's Matt Damon. I started a zoo, and I turned a spigot on, and I was a flame. Okay, settle down. Yeah, relax. You have illegal pandas. <laughs> what uh, what was your uh, road to Damascus moment, or what was your bottom, man? What, what did you rebound off of to be clean for 10 years? It was my first arrest where I wasn't a juvenile, or at least I wasn't under the age of 21. I was a grown man. I was married, and I was finally arrested as an adult. And I, it had been a while, because my last arrest as a juvenile, one of the last ones, I was put into a mental institution, which... Mm-hmm. Uh, you think would have been uh, rock bottom, but it actually just exacerbated uh, my need for drugs. Because when I got there, I was introduced to my roommate because they think it's good to pair you up with a friend. And when I walked in, they're like, this is, you know, this is, uh, this is Reese and he's a werewolf. And I was like, okay, uh, I just like drinking and he doesn't really look like a werewolf. And Reese goes, well, I'm not a werewolf right now. I, I turn into a werewolf when there's a full moon. I was like, mm-hmm. all right, I, I'd like a new room, please. And uh, Well, you got 29 good days there. Yeah, I had 29 good days until uh, he turned and uh, attacked me in the middle of the night. And then after that, I went to a rehab, and I tried to get my life together, but it didn't really stick. And then finally, yeah, I was arrested for the 13th time, and just being an adult in that situation, looking at my mugshot where I was just... I looked like Pablo Escobar got stung by 30 bees. <laughs> Like for some reason, even though I'm, even though I'm Italian and Irish, my mugshot just appears to be a Puerto Rican man or a Colombian. It doesn't. I guess it's because I did a lot of coke. Well, like, that'll, that'll do it. That, that's yeah. a. It's like a sauté. Exactly. Uh, tell me about the, how you how you crossed with uh, Anthony. And I see Artie Lang's in the lineage here. Now there was a room I would have loved to have been. To this day, one of the five funniest things I've ever seen in my life, right up there with Ted Danson getting out of a Hanson cab on Seventh Avenue in blackface when he's dating Whoopi for a Friars roast, is uh, is uh, Artie doing a vivisection on Joe Buck. <laughs> It was so funny. Tell me about you, Anthony, and Artie. You did a show together? Yes, it was originally the um, Artie Lang and Anthony Cumia show, and I just came in. I started coming in as a regular, and they both really liked me, and they asked me to be third Mike. So I just came in to be kind of the, the younger generation of somebody who thought the same way as they did, I suppose. And we we had a really good show. We had a good run for a while, but Artie has his demons, yeah. and he kind of separated from the show. But now Anthony and I are uh, living in his home together like a terrible sitcom. So it all worked out well in the end. Um, I see. I, I'm surprised. Are you going back and forth between, I guess there's a shuttle between New York and Detroit. It can't be more than 45, 50 minutes, right? Are you going back every week? Every week, yeah, I go back, I have my house there, and it, it wasn't bad at first. It's not bad now, I shouldn't say, but I didn't mind flying. I just throw on the mask and whatever they ask you to do. But, I mean, the problem is when you first get on, it was just me and maybe two other people on the plane, so you're pretty sure that they're not using the A squad to bring you to Detroit. Right. You just expect the captain to come over the intercom, and it's Harrison Ford. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Fred McMurray from Flubber. What I'm always I'm I'm in I'm wondering. There's going to be eventual cabin decompression. Would people with masks on have the second mask dropped down? Is it a 
superfluous? Is it canceled out like an algebraic equation, or do you auto-asphyxiate from not getting enough air? I'm trying to imagine the scenarios here. Not that I'm neurotic about flying, but double masking. Uh, it used to be two-bagging. You remember the old two-bagger joke. Sure. Now it's two-masking. <laughs> I think you have to keep the mask on to protect the other mask. Right. (laughs) If you're traveling with a mask, put the mask on it first to ensure its safety. Um, How are the? uh, Where do you fly out of LaGuardia? And how's how's the Detroit Metro Airport? What's happening out there? It's not bad because that's a hub. The LaGuardia one is pretty. It's it's rough. I mean, it wasn't bad because I was getting spirit tickets for seventeen dollars and fifty cents. Wow! Which is nice when you're alone on it. It's nice because there's not you know two women fighting or somebody practicing their twerking in the aisle, so it's easier to catch a nap. But <laughs> but it's worth taking a sky bus for seventeen fifty. But now it's like I'll just pay three hundred and fly on Delta with human beings. I know. I, this coronavirus is so bad, folks. I'm getting uh, flights on the Concord on Groupon. <laughs> that joke doesn't work on a lot of levels because the, the Concord hasn't flown in 30 years. But outside of that, I had to do the Big Bang. <laughs> now, what is your you, you have you have a five year old in Detroit? I assume you go back there if you were with Anthony on this side of it. You go back, and what is your what is your five year old miss the most during the times of Corona? Oddly, Chuck E. Cheese, which is the thing I don't miss at all. He asks me every day to go. The last time I was there, I'm just playing skee-ball, trying to win enough tickets to get a vasectomy. (laughs) (laughs) On site. On site. You know how you can tell you've had a vasectomy at Chuck E. Cheese's? They have a pebbling under the (laughs) penis head. There's a pebbling. It's a real botch job. An animatronic walrus does it in between piano breaks. <laughs> it's it's chumly. Tennessee Tuxedo's old right-hand major domo. It's so funny because they, they changed it to Pasquale's Pizza on Grubhub so people would order it and trick them into eating Chuck E. Cheese. So I'm like, should I get it for him? Because it really is the only time a grown man can eat Chuck E. Cheese pizza without people wondering if he's a pedophile. <laughs> It's the truth, honest to God. I used to take my kids there, too, and I I remember thinking, don't look like you're looming, you idiot. Always have the kid with you. Always look energetic and up-tempo. You don't want to be the mordant fellow at Chuck E. Cheese. We're talking to Dave Landau. He's the co-host of the Anthony Cumia Show, Mondays through Thursdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, at compoundmedia.com. They're great together, those two. He's on Twitter, at Landau. Dave, and I can tell you, be sharp enough. I've always wanted to do this thing, uh, do the the Blue Angels or the Joey Chitwood Auto Thrill Team, where you actually do the Mystery Science Theater. Tom Servo, one of my heroes. It's the only autograph I've ever asked for. He sent Joel a request for a Tom Servo autograph, and he sent me one back, <laughs> a picture of Tom Servo. I love Mystery Science Theater 3000. Are you and Anthony doing it? When? What are some of the films? We are. We just started because I, I'm the same as you. It's, it was one of my favorite things to watch. I would always catch it when I could. And yeah, we just started and we're doing some of my favorite movies. The first one was uh, Roadhouse. Or actually, it was Twister, the the Bill Paxton mm. classic. The Jamie Gertz class. Helen <laughs> Hunt. <laughs> yes. And then we moved to uh, Roadhouse, which is one of my favorite oh. movies uh, just the beginning when you see the double deuce you just hope white great white is playing so you don't have to watch it 
Yeah. I, I didn't believe in an afterlife when I saw <laughs> when I saw Roadhouse because I knew that John Cassavetes would come back from the grave and slap Ben Gazzara in the head. So uh, what are you doing here? Anytime Ben Gazzara pops up, it's just a Coen Brothers movie, too. There's a monster truck. Everything's a little bit weirder. <laughs> Or do you have a gig coming up? This is uh, you're the second comedian I see here. You might have a gig coming up. I talked to Tom Papa yesterday, and he told me that he just had a gig offered to him in Salt Lake City, 300 seat room, where they're going to socially distance. Are, are things opening up again? Are you at the MGM Grand coming up in Vegas? They are. Yeah, I do have the MGM Grand opening up, which is pretty cool, and it's it's nice that hopefully that's the, we're supposed to be going back. They have all these rules put on which I, I do find interesting that, you know, even if you gamble, they're putting up these big glass shields in between each person, which right, I guess right. they think the germs can't go around. Yeah. But I guess if somebody, you know, loses their last chip and decides to uh, our bud wire themselves, none of the splash <laughs> will hit the person next to them. <laughs> yeah, the virus is brilliant enough to turn the inside of your lung lining in the Manny Noriega's face, but it can't, it can't wild mouse around the outside of the Shoney spit shield and get yeah. at you. <laughs> yeah, once, it's, it's like a mime act, that virus. It's really difficult. <laughs> But it's interesting to see how many people are angry about this. Just it was really funny when I saw Brian Adams just complaining because he had shows at Royal Albert Hall canceled. I know. I think woke people are actually flipping out now because I think he's pretty woke. Uh, but yeah, he did flip, right? Oh, that's what I love is he said that, you know, it's because of bad eating, wet market animals selling like virus making bastards. And I was like, wow, that's amazing where Corey Hart's just getting canceled because of a double booked <laughs> bar night at Sharky's Bar and Grill. <laughs> Corey Hart, of course. Poor man's Brian. <laughs> uh, we're talking to David Lando. It's right up my alley. Because I love an inside reference, man. What's this movie, The King of Detroit? Tell me about it. It's available on Amazon. Is it a concert film or are you in a movie? No, it's a movie I actually wrote and produced. Um, I made it for $7,000 in Detroit, uh, just complete guerrilla style, because uh, we, we didn't ask for permits. And there's so many places in Detroit where there's just no people you can go and film. <laughs> And it works out pretty well. And it's about a kid who gets his first car in the 90s, goes into the hood to get drugs and booze, just like I used to do, and then all hell breaks loose. So it's kind of a bunch of stories from my life that I just put out into into a movie, wrote it all together, and made it over the top. Oh, I'll give this a tumble. I'll give Thank this you. a tumble over on Amazon. 7000 bucks. Bob Crane in Scottsdale could not make films for <laughs> 7000 bucks. <laughs> The last one may have broke the camera. That was a little higher. <laughs> Listen, all I know is the money went to the estate. He got paid up front on that one. All right. We're talking to uh, Dave Landau. Once again, he's the co-host of the Anthony Cumia Show. I highly encourage you guys to go over and listen Mondays through Thursdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific at compoundmedia.com. He's on Twitter, at Landau Dave. Davey, I hope to meet you somewhere down the road. Maybe you, Anthony, and I can break bread when we get on the other side of this bubonic thing and we'll talk then that's awesome i look forward to it all right say hi to uh, anthony for me and uh, once again dave lendo thanks for your time dave thank you all righty what are we doing christian we have uh, somebody who has uh, submitted a possible joke for Hannity, if you would like to hear it it's a uh, voicemail number 11 dt from miami so you're telling me we actually get upwards of 11 voicemails 
Or do you accumulate them? Yeah. This. Oh, what? What is one through ten? Is it like COVID nineteen? Is there anything before one? Uh, one through eighteen COVIDs? Or is there a voicemail when you say eleven? Do you start at eleven? I never know with you. You're so. No, I mean there are eleven on this sheet, but this one I thought was uh, timely and relevant, so uh, we we choose them. Uh, Lindsay makes recommendations, and uh, sometimes I pay attention, and other times I go right to number eleven. Okay. Uh, how about this for uh, tomorrow night's uh, Hannity show? Uh, before this is all over, the Democrats and media will be swearing that Jim Jones poisoned the Jonestown Kool-Aid with hydroxychloroquine supplied by Donald Trump. <laughs> Not a great delivery, but what can you do? No, brother, that's a solid joke. If I had thought of that, I, 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 don't, I don't like to take... Uh... Outside submissions, uh, especially in public, because really, if you hadn't played that and just sent it to me, I would have stole that in a second. But now that it's out there, you know, <laughs> well, that's why I would have sent it to you. But I would have told that joke. That's a good joke. Solid. I like it a lot. Good, solid. Yeah, it's 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 a stand up double, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, Christian, you're a good joke writer. Right? I I think it might even be a bass clearing double. Really. Yeah, I think the uh, the sacks were full, and uh, now he's sitting there at uh, second base with three ribeye steaks. Well, even if Sid Bream's on first, you say that clears the bag. <sighs> well, and Mo Vaughn's on second. Listen, Sid Bream, uh, he was like, uh, I, I, I think he did score from second on a base hit to right or left. Barry Bonds had a gun. He was still Ashley Whippet at that point. He hadn't turned into Bib the Michelin Man through the roids, but <laughs> he had a gun. And I think Sid Bream, unbelievably a former pirate, beat it home from second. And he was on wheels like uh, FDR at Warm Springs. Trust me, that was not, uh, unlike Maury, Maury Wills, he did not have the perpetual green light from Walt Alston. So, Sid Bream reference. Isn't Bream a fish? <laughs> It's a slow fish. That's how it always ends up on your plate, folks. I'm telling you. Hey, how free was that range of this fucking chicken's getting eaten by me at a restaurant? <laughs> Thanks. <Slot. laughs> but that's a good joke. Any other voicemails you got, or how much time have we done? Sure, yeah. We can go to voicemail number one. Some people want us to do an hour and a half. Who's that? Do you even feel vaguely capable of filling an hour and a half, interestingly. Oh, I just finished Scott Iman's Cary Grant book last night. Spectacular, folks. It's in galley form at this point, which means that it's uh, chained next to Charlton Heston on Jack Hoxton's uh, Roman Barge. But um, it's not out yet. It, it was weird. I've never, I, I don't have many books in galley form. So I put it up on my bookshelf when I finished it, and the back of it just looks like adhesive tape there's no writing on it <laughs> right so i wanted people to know i had it so i had to find a f flat place to lay it so people could see the cary grant thing on the cover and say oh what's that and unfortunately i put it on the steps i fell down and i'm iron side today but a great book when it does come out and try to get scott on yes and uh, i don't know how you track him down i think i have a number for him but if not i'll i'll ask you all right but uh, voice number one, Jen from Michigan. So I just heard that Disneyland is reopening in Shanghai. And I'm concerned because when the guests inevitably eat the animal characters, we're going to be smack in the middle of another coronavirus. They'll call it COVID-19 plus and Disney's going to charge $4.99 a month for PPE. 
Anyway, <laughs> I love you. Love your team. I appreciate all of the old movie references. Keep it up. Love you. Take care. Well, that's sweet. That was a solid joke, too. Look at everybody coming to the fore. Yeah. Folks, send it a reference-laden joke, and we'll do a, a, a post-mortem on it. And I'll be candid with you, because I know you know people want that. I, I don't want to do the uh, reflexive. Um, by the way, would you be suicidal, Christian, if your job was eventually that you were working in a tool and die company where you weren't even making real hammers? They hadn't called you up to the show. You were making the little square rubber hammers that they test reflexes with. (laughs) (laughs) They told you if you really, you know, hit the ball hard for a couple of years, they might work you up the trip away, which I think is a ball peen. But and the year after that, possibly, if you can hit the off speed stuff, you will get to work on the claw hammers. And then eventually they let you glide out of the system with the sledgehammer, which are easy. Just pour some, you know, the ingot doesn't really need to be melted down completely. It just, it's a quick pour, you're in, you're out. But they do that for guys on their way out the door. But uh, if you were working on the reflex hammers, tough, huh? Yeah, I think, uh, I think that might be time to. Nothing. There's nothing. No, no. Listen, I love you too much to send you in on that. The, the the staircase is burning. Don't go into that building because that's going to be Turk 183 there. Or Turk 182. Uh, <laughs> I love a nice Turk 182 reference, though. <laughs> do not go in after that joke because that was completely inert. <laughs> Look at this. Oh, my God. The advertising for Mike Rose Dirty Jobs this week. It's being Biden. <laughs> So that's the job this week. <laughs> Anything there? Oh, yeah. There's there's there, there. You think? Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out this Hannity. Micros. Dirty jobs. That's not stellar, though, right? Maybe a six. Well, it's also uh, it's also an evergreen. You don't have to work it in tonight. You know, you might want to keep that on the legal pad. Right. Uh, being by... Yeah, because I think I'm going to be on Hannity for a while. And who knows, Christian, the television world is not fond of me, but Sean's given me a nice opportunity here because, you know, I couldn't buy a thrill. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, nice to be back on the tube. Somebody recognized me in a supermarket the other day. I had a mask on. Oh, it has to be because you're back on TV. And they said, hey, you're great on Hannity. (laughs) And... It was re- shouldn't somebody make a you know how they have death masks sure that are complete you know they pour the mold like you're getting some sort of uh anti-snore right vehicle for your teeth uh shouldn't they make masks that are a complete replication of your lower half of your face <laughs> i like that like a, a trump loyal thing where you're out and about you have a mask on but nobody can tell these are my thoughts. Hey, sharks. I'm seeking $17,500 for a 40% share of my thing. Life-giving death masks. What else you got, Christian? Death masks. Let's uh, work through a couple more voicemails before we look back <laughs> yes, at the okay, news. Okay, zero wet. And if you want to leave us voicemails, you can always do that at 866-509-RANT. That's 866-509-7268. Let's go with number two, Nick in the OC, who wants us to know that he's Nicole in the OC's husband. 
So Nick and Nicole are both fans. Mm-hmm. I wanted to let Dennis know that I did get a spot on that telethon. I've never actually done any kind of comedy, I think it's called. Um, but I was pretty excited, and I'm going on right after my grandma. Best of luck to you. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Is that the one I got? Who's the last invite in the world of comedy? I see. Seinfeld announced he's going off the air on comedians in cars getting coffee. Did you see that? I did see that, yes. I did not make it. David Steinberg did something about talking comedy. I can't remember that. He must have done 200 episodes. I did not make it. I, uh, I, I'm definitely persona not grata. I saw you on uh, Inside the Comedy Mind with Alan King. You got on that show. <laughs> Was I on that? Yeah, I think like 25 years ago, but I remember seeing you on it. Yeah. Well, I have thoughts on comedy, and some of them rather, I think I have some good instincts on comedy, but uh, persona non grata, baby. What are you going to do? It's all right. You think think as many people watch David Steinberg's show as see you on Hannity every week? No, like I said, I'm much appreciative that Sean threw me a line here because I was on Nowhere, man. And, I, you know, I don't have the real either uh, angst about not doing it or the uh, I'm lazy. <laughs> so I was just rolling with it. And then I remember thinking one day, when did, when did O'Reilly went off the air, like in what, 1861 or something? <laughs> right around then, yeah. And I hadn't been on until a month ago. And um, I remember, I remember O'Reilly got whacked on the day he had met the Pope. Do you remember that? Oh, I, I didn't remember that, but now that you say it, yeah. And there was a picture of him meeting the Pope, and I thought, my God, what you talk about the the range of human experience. Although meeting popes, you know, they aren't just a guy, right? I, I don't get that whole thing that people get, like about queens and popes and all that, or presidents. Um, I was pretty, maybe a little uncomfortably familiar when I would talk to Bush. I'd always call him Mr. President, but I, I just can't do the thing where you shudder and act like they're Gort from another planet or something. And it would be the same with a Pope. At some point, it's just a, you know, I uh, I always think uh, young priests and stuff like that, I think sometimes they might be afraid of their own, you know, and it might reflect on how there's uh, so much uh, betrayal of the innocence in the church, as I often think that young Guys who are afraid of their volcanic sexuality or something might, um, you know, they always say that Scientology would allow you to m- micromanage your prime origins to some degree. And I, I always thought the church might be that for some young guys. Because I remember even as a kid when I was in seventh grade and they'd come in for the sex talk and they'd go, hey, this is Father Chip. You know, and he's like, <laughs> he's like 23 and I'd sit there thinking, all right, 23's decided to be broke and never get laid. That's going to work out. Well, I'm going to have to eventually get some sort of Roto-Rooter guy in there to clear that clog up. <laughs> so meeting the Pope, it would just be like, uh, you know, I'd, I'd give him his propers, but uh, sure. you can't stand there and act like he's a different guy, you know? Do you ever do that thing where you think about the, the primal, uh, you know, what humans do? Uh, you have to extrude waste and all that. Doesn't that really shatter a lot of that stuff? Yeah, I think if you really take the time to think about it. Well, I'm not saying I camp out on it or shut down each time I see a you know 
But I, I always do think, you know, at some point he's pulling that robe up and dookie and you know, taking a growler. What are you going to do? Does a pope shit in the woods? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good one to go out on. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Dennis Miller Option, exclusively on Westwood One. Tune in to new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on the Westwood One app, westwoodone.com, and on Apple Podcasts. And remember to rate, review, and share. Until next time, that's the show, and we are out of here. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Network.